The following message from Bible teacher and pastor Jim Crabb is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. Second Kings six. And we're going to start in verse eight. Two Kings six eight. Amen. Lord, let my tongue be like the pen of a ready writer today that speaks as an oracle from God. Let the ears of these people be open ears. Let them have an ear to hear what the Spirit says to their life. Let them all have a heart to do what that comes to them today by the Holy Spirit. Say out loud, I'm a doer of the Word, not a hearer only. So the commitment I'm asking of you today is when I preach this that you've already committed to do it, whatever it is, before you know what it is. Two Kings 6, let's start in verse 8. When the king of Syria was warring against Israel, I mean, no, Israel represents the church, represents you and I. When the king of it, you know, when the king of Syria was warring against us, we, listen, let's settle this issue. As a believer, there's always going to be war. I, with anything that represents God is going to be warred against. That thing started eternities ago in heaven when the devil himself began to war against God. It's a big deal. I don't know why we're so shocked. I'm still shocked. Why do I have so much trouble in my life? Well, other than you're at war. There's, I mean, there's all, all hell's breaking loose constantly against what you stand for and what you believe. That's one of the reasons you got war. Right? And, and think, we, we get all shocked. The devil himself, and the, 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 the most glorious being that God had ever made, that was closer to God, seems to know, knew about God more than all the other created beings, he gets an attitude. Huh? That's where all our bad attitudes come from. Right? He got an attitude of arrogance and pride. That's why I, when, when I don't care if it's a preacher, a politician, whoever it is, when they get into supreme arrogance, they've lost me instantly. I'm done. That's devilish and demonic. It's not right. And, and, and then he had such influence. That's why you got to watch who you're following and listening to. Because people can influence you. I promise, watch every politician you listen to. You be very careful. I'm talking to me, and I'm talking to you. Be careful who you follow. Hmm? In heaven, it's to one-third of the angels. That's shocking. One-third. Out of all the worshiping, I mean, that, that, their job to worship. Out of what? Out of all the totality of angels, one third. I mean, you know, you always got a couple bad apples in the bunch. You think maybe a couple bad apples <laughs> might be influenced. But one third of the apples? That means that person in his arrogance and in his so-called perceived strength. That he got one-third, he convinced one-third of the angels to follow him in a rebellion against Almighty God. I always say the devil is the biggest loser I've ever known. 
Because if you get thrown out of heaven, you do not have much going for you. It's hard to get thrown out of heaven. But one-third of those angels got thrown out, didn't they? Yes, they did. And there was war. The Bible teaches this, man. There was war in heaven. It didn't last long because God said, I win. <laughs> Threw him out. When the king of Syria was warring against Israel, after counseling with his servants, he said, in such and such a place shall be my camp. Then the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, beware that you pass not such a place, for the Syrians are coming down there. So, in other words, the king of Syria had this, he had a meeting and he figured out, this is where I'm going to go. This is what I'm going to do against Israel. But thank God for verse 9. Then the man of God sent to the king of Israel, who knew nothing about all this, and said, beware that you don't go to such a place because the Syrians are coming down there. I mean, no, it doesn't matter what the devil's plans are against you, your family, your children, Amen. Your unborn grandchildren and offspring, it doesn't matter what's coming because God's got a word about how to get it fixed in the first place. Then the king of Israel sent to the place which Elijah told and warned him. And thus he protected and saved himself there repeatedly. Woo! Somebody shout glory. Then he, the Bible says because of the word of the Lord... From the man of God, it said he, he protected and saved himself there repeatedly. I don't know how many times the word of God has stopped me and protected me. It's protected me for 40 plus years. Repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. The word of God, whatever that word was, the word about marriage. Right, listen, husbands. Here's a word. Here's a, this is a men's meeting this morning. Read the Bible. Amen. It'll save your skin repeatedly. Women, you want a happy home? Read the Bible. There are things you don't say to him that are in the Bible. It'll save you repeatedly. Children, you want your parents to somehow turn into these otherworldly beings that are awesome? Read the Bible. He protect. I love this today. He protected and saved himself there repeatedly. That's the way to protect and save your life is listen to the word of God. Therefore, the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. Woo, I bet it was. The mind of the king of Syria, here's the thing. The king of Syria couldn't figure out how do they keep saving themselves? How do they keep protecting themselves? This is a great plan against them. How do they keep getting out of this thing? I'll tell you, I've wiggled out of some tight places in God. God's been able to get me out of tight spots, bad spots, spots where it looked like the king of Syria, the devil. It looked like where he, where he thought he had me going under. But God repeatedly came and saved me and protected me. Hallelujah. 
Then the mind, I love this. Not just that I'm saved, I love it that his mind is troubled. Because he can't figure out how God keeps getting him out of this. Ha <laughs> ha. He was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called in his servants and said, Will you show me who of us is for the king of Israel? In other words, something's going wrong. Somebody's got to be a spy inside our camp here in, the king, in, in Syria. One of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel. He tells the king the words you speak in your bedchamber. Woo, did you know that king didn't like Elisha the prophet? How could Elisha the prophet speak to his company the words that I speak in my private bedchamber? Because that's how, the, that's how the Spirit of God is. When God wants you to know something, He unveils it to you and shows it to you. My, my, my. And He said, well, you know, this is how stupid the devil always is. The, 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 Elisha knows he's, Elisha's off miles and miles away. The Spirit of God tells Elijah, this is, what he, this is what the king just said. Now, if, and if Elijah kept being right, and he was, that's why the king brought this up in the first place. I don't think you'd be very smart, smart to go and, okay, well, let's figure out how to stop him from doing this. If God's big enough to get this done, to tell what's been spoken in my bedchamber, the that if the king of Syria was really smart, he'd just say, well, you know what, let's just quite quit trying to fight against them. Let's go, let's go ask Elisha what we ought to do. He said, go see where he is that I may send and seize him like you can hold the man of God down. And it was told him, well, he's in Dothan. So the Syrian king, here, this is, now you can see your life in this somewhere. So the Syrian king, that's the enemy king, he sent their horses and chariots and a great army and they came by night and they surrounded the city where the man of God, Elisha, was. That's how my, I don't know about you, you ever feel like that? There's a picture of my life. The devil sent every cohort from hell and they're surrounding my life. They're all up there everywhere I look. There's nothing but the enemy. When the servant of the man of God rose early and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was around the city because they got there at night. Elisha's servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And Elisha answered, This is, this is how this works. These, they are completely surrounded, the whole city, with horses and chariots, thousands of soldiers and here's the, here's the man of God this is this sounds like the pastor doesn't it what should we do fear not that the bet give me something else is that all you got well I'll give you a little bit more for those here's why you shouldn't be afraid for those that are with us glory to God there's always there's always enough with you that's one good thing 
They're working. There's a lot of things working for you that it, seem, it doesn't seem like anything's working for you, but there's more for us. They're for us. God, God's got whatever he's got to do to work for me, God's already put it in motion. Come on. And most of the time, I can't see what God's already put in motion. That's the point. I don't see what God's put in motion. I don't see how it's going to work. I don't see what to do. It doesn't look like anything's in motion. It looks like, honestly, that I'm out here by myself, and once again, my backside's on the line. Huh? And the man of God, Pastor, what should, give me a word. Okay, don't be afraid. That's all you can get out of the man of God sometimes. Don't be afraid. I came to you because I am afraid and I need an answer. And the answer of the man of God was, if you see this right, what I'm telling you is, you don't have to be afraid. I'm telling you this morning, I don't care what you're going through, what you're battling. I don't care how bad it is, how dark it is, how hopeless it is. I don't care if you're standing there and you're by yourself and you don't even have a kid's bow and arrow. Amen in your hand. I'm telling you, you don't have to be afraid of what you're facing today. Don't be afraid. That's a word for this house. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid of what's going on around you. Don't be afraid of what you're hearing on television. Don't be afraid of what your checkbook looks like. Don't be afraid of of enemy relatives. I know not, maybe I was just talking to myself there. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what, what, what it looks like. Just, just, let's start here, man. Don't be afraid because you got to know this. There's more for us than are within. Boy, it sure didn't look like that. Because there was the man of God and his little servant, his armor bearer helper that carried his BC tablet around to help the man of God. He said, don't be afraid because I'm telling you, there's things that are in motion already that you cannot see. Then Elisha prayed, Lord, this is my prayer for the church this morning. Is this all right if I pray this over you? Here's what we need. This is, you know, you don't need me to give you more weapons. You don't need me to get, you don't need, you know, we don't need, we don't need anything. Huh? You know, sometimes I feel like I need more money. The bills versus the income seem like it's, hey, <laughs> there's more against us. <laughs> Has your bill stack ever been bigger than your income stack? Huh? Yeah, here's the word. Don't be afraid. Because there's things that are happening that you can't see. Here's the prayer, though. This is when, you, this is when it helps you when you're in that thing. Elijah prayed, Lord, I pray you, 
Open his eyes so that he can see. Now, you know this. He's not talking about his natural eyes. That's what got him in trouble in the first place. That's why I am afraid. Because of what I see. When we only look at what we see with these seers right here. Yeah, I mean, fear's going to swell up and overtake you. But Elijah said, open his internal eyes. The eyes of his heart. The eyes of what Ephesians called the eyes of his understanding. Lord, open his eyes so he can see. You know, it's a matter. You, we, you know, we don't, have a, we don't have a weapon problem today. We got a seeing problem today. That's why they call the man of God. What they call the, the prophets of God in the Old Testament? What they call them? They called them seers. Because they saw things that they couldn't see. When only you can see with your natural eyes. That was Saul of Tarsus. All he saw was his, what his natural eyes showed him. But when that light came inside, changed everything. Open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. Shout out loud. He opened his eyes. He opened his eyes. And he saw. And behold. The mountain was full of horses and chariots. Now they had horses and chariots. But I guarantee you this. He didn't have horses and chariots that were on fire. My God, that'll help me when it looks like I'm standing by myself when God opens my eyes and I look on all around me. There are horses and all the chariots are ablaze with the glory of God. Now listen, they were there before he opened his eyes. That's my point. They were always there. And until he opened his eyes, he was fearful. And when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha, there's two things going on. On one hand, God's opening the eyes of the man of God, of the servant of the man of God, helping him. On the other hand, I like this part. And Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, smite this people with blindness, I pray you. And God smote them with blindness as Elijah asked. Listen. We got two things going. The church's eyes are getting open and our enemy's eyes are being smitten with blindness. Woo! While I know more what to do, my enemy gets more confused and walks in more darkness and blindness all the time. My prayers are, God, open my eyes and smite my enemy with blindness so that he will not know what to do. Let every enemy that's against you today, let them be smitten with blindness. Every enemy, let them be smitten with blindness so that they're stumbling about in confusion about how to take you down. So my eyes are getting better. I'm seeing things that were always there, but I didn't know they were there. And my enemy is blind and getting confused. And Elisha said to the Syrians, This is not the way or the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man you seek. Oh, how many know God is able, and rightfully so, he can get 
tricky when he wants to. Woo! Elijah said to the Syrians, this isn't the way or the city. Elijah, man, you got to love this cat. Follow me and I'll bring you to the man you're looking for. He's talking about himself. But he knew they couldn't see him. And so he led them to Samaria. And when they had come into Samaria, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw. And behold, they were right in the middle of Samaria. But God knows how to walk your enemies when he opens your eyes and smites blindness on your enemies' eyes. He'll walk your enemies right into total defeat. Glory to God. 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 He's walking every enemy right into a trap. Woo! When the king of Israel saw them, he said to Elijah, My father, shall I slay them? Shall I slay them? And Elisha answered and said, You shall not slay them. Would you slay those you have taken captive with your sword and bow? Set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and return to their master. And the king prepared, prepared great provision for them. And when they eaten and drunk, he sent them away and they came to their master. And, and the bands, and this is the point. Here, here was Elisha. Why wouldn't Elisha kill him? He had an opportunity to kill him. Because he wanted to do something worse to them than kill them. He wanted to trap them. And he wanted to put the fear of God in them. So that they would go back home where they came from and preach that. Look, and, and apparently they did. Look at this, what it said. It said, and in the verse 23... And the bands of Syria came no more into the land of Israel. In other words, the Syrians stopped messing with Israel from then on because they knew this, that Israel doesn't have to be armed with weapons. They're men of God and people of God. They hear what I say in my bedchamber. They, they, their eyes get open. They smite us with blindness. We walk into traps. We cannot beat these people. And I want to tell you something. Come on, Keith. This is what I want to tell you. If you'll believe what I just preached right there, and you believe you're, you're part of the army of Israel, and we've got somebody, Elisha, as great as he was, listen, we've got the Holy Spirit today. The Holy Spirit is my Elisha. The Holy Spirit knows what I'm coming into. The Holy Spirit knows what traps are laid for me. The Holy Spirit knows what's laid out for me and what's happening to my life. And for the glory of God, all I need is God open my eyes. You know what? If all God did was if He just opened your eyes and never smote them with blindness, you'd be in powerful shape. But he's opening my eyes and he's smiting my enemies 
with blindness for the glory of God. What's the last one? The, uh, no, that. You said you got it. Good. Everybody that's facing a great battle in their life, are you? As somebody or just me today? Listen, these people were surrounded. And at first, the man of God, the, the servant of the man of God, he panicked. And I've been in that panic mode where I, everything in my life doesn't make sense. Nothing in my life makes any sense at all. It seems like everything I am, everything I've done, I, I'm trapped and I'll never get out of this. How can my life, and I really have, I've been there. How, how could God ever take this right here? I'm surrounded. This is way bigger than I am. How could he ever get me out of this? And the word of the Lord comes to me sometimes and says, Pastor, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Say, don't be afraid. That's what I'm telling you today. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what's happened. Don't be afraid of what could happen. Just keep moving. Say, Lord, open my eyes. Show me. That, and always know this. There's more working for you today than working for your enemy. God's always got something better. They had the, they had the, the hill full of chariots and horses, but theirs weren't on fire with the glory. Ours are. Whatever you're dealing with this morning, God's got an answer. I just feel like praying for a lot of people this morning. I feel like our, the Spirit of God wants to get a hold of us today and open our eyes. I feel like there's answers popping like popcorn all through the building today. God's showing you something. There's more for you than against you. Don't be afraid. I'm going to open your eyes. I'm going to smite with blindness every enemy that comes against you one way. I'm going to smite them with... Listen, they may, they may have done this and A, B, and C to you, but I'm, God says, I'm getting ready to smite them with blindness so that they'll be walked into... They'll be confused about what they're doing. Amen? And then the Bible says He, he marched them right into a trap. You know, I, I think about this. This scheme that was against you is really a trap by God for that enemy that's been fighting against you. Can I hear amen? We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodecincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y dot com.